0: Good morning, Victory Church. It is so wonderful, uh, so, so wonderful to be here with you this morning. Uh, Pastor Paul has already said it, but uh, we say it here, at Victory, often that this is indeed the day that the Lord has made. So we will rejoice and be glad in it. Again, my name is Kate, and I am privileged to serve on the operations and prayer teams here at Victory Uh, where Victory Church exists in the city of Charlottesville to see people reconciled to God and to each other. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this morning. I am delighted to be here today and of course want to thank Pastor Paul again for allowing me the opportunity to serve in this way and to bring uh, the word. So let's go ahead and jump right into our text. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 16. Uh, And as you turn your Bible, let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this chance to gather uh, before you this morning. We ask that you would open our eyes, Lord, to all that is in your word, God. And I just ask that you would speak boldly uh, through me. And it's in Jesus' name I ask and pray these things. So again, uh, we're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. The title of my message today is shed light, shed light. My main point that I just want you to keep in mind as we roll through is uh, leave the light on. So many of you uh, that know me know that I have a dog who I Absolutely adore uh, Riley. I got Riley when he was about eight weeks old. And actually earlier this week, he celebrated his seventh birthday. So, so happy birthday, uh, Riley. Um, Riley is an Australian cattle dog, which is also known as a blue healer. Um, you should actually, you should Google them, but it's it's kind of an exotic looking dog. Um, he's got like a gray speckled coat um, and pointy black ears, like Batman style ears. Um, on a couple of occasions, I've actually had him mistaken for a wolf when we're out walking at dusk. So he's got kind of an intimidating build, uh, but he couldn't be farther from it. He's very mellow, very sweet. Um, and he's actually sitting right here with me. So if at any point he decides to chime in, uh, forgive us both and we're just gonna consider that his amen. So when I got Riley as a puppy, um, I was under the impression that healers were a hypoallergenic breed. And thinking back, um, I have no idea why I believe this to be the case because it could not be farther from reality. Riley sheds all year long, like every season. And uh, not only that, but he actually with his gray coloring sheds white and black hairs. So there is no material and no color that ever hides his presence. I can tell you, you know, exactly where the dog has been in the car, on the couch, uh, on clothes or suitcases. There is no space that counters his ability to leave a mark. So I am constantly at war, you know, with these dog hairs just raging against them. Uh, the vacuum and the the fabric roller have become my, my very best friends, uh, which hopefully you can't see any dog hairs now. But <laughs> um and 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 not just that, but also his brush, which is not just any brush, but it's actually called the Ferminator, uh, meant for those really intense shedders. So there's really no hiding it from those around me. Um, I have a dog or or you know like Kate, you must have a dog. And needless to say, even with my best, uh, most diligent attempts to conceal Riley's pre- pre- uh, presence, it practically can't be done. Sometimes, you know, the, the, the hairs are kind of subtle in the backdrop and sometimes they are loud in my face uh, because, for example, someone's coming over and I need to vacuum ASAP. But in summary, um, everywhere Riley goes, he leaves a mark and the same mark every time these marks are persistently present, despite the opposition of of grooming and cleaning tools. They give clues to his nature and his identity, and they're consistent. And I'm telling you, you know, I can spot a two-inch Riley hair anywhere. And they make his presence in my world undeniable. It is is constant evidence attesting to dog ownership, or as I would say, uh, parenthood. So aside from collecting feedback on how I can more efficiently deal with these dog hairs. So go ahead and throw that in the chat and submit a connect card with any ideas. My emphasis is that you and I too are always shedding something. Everywhere we go, we leave identifiable marks that speak to who we are. Now, obviously, not meaning necessarily a a physical trail, though I do have curly hair and it does tend to fall out on occasion, but that we leave a trail behind by our words and our actions and in how we engage the world around us. Those are our marks. Our marks that indicate, you know, Kate's been here and that can be positive or negative. So just like the dog hairs attest to dog ownership, what we shed, our marks attest to our priorities and our beliefs. Consider uh, some of these marks uh, that we can leave on those around us. You know, a mark of selfishness versus selflessness, or a mark of generosity, say in the form of a tithe or an offering, or perhaps um, a nature of stinginess. Uh, perhaps the marks of service and serving others, or a mark of forgiveness or bitterness. Marks of kind words or harsh words, marks of carelessness or marks of excellence. So this is really important, right? The trail that we leave, and um, with that, you know, how do we determine what we shed? Like, how do we how do we understand what the marks of our own lives are? Because we want to get them right. And and just as I can point to the fur as evidence that I'm a dog owner. Take a look for yourself at, say, how you spend your time, what you do with your money, those who you associate with, or, or maybe better yet, those you don't. What do you think about? Or what do you talk about? Or what do, you, um, what do you question around you? Or better yet, ask someone in your circle who you trust, what do you think is important to me? Or, or what do you see are my priorities? And see what they come back with. And you know, if, if they come back with things that are actually in line with your priorities for what you believe your priorities to be great, and if not, maybe that's a moment to, to reevaluate. Now I should put an asterisk here because I'm not saying that we you know, that everything we do necessarily needs to be known. Um, in fact, I don't think that's appropriate, and especially in the realms of, of say good deeds and, and whatnot, that can lead us towards a slippery slope of say self-promotion, but there, there should be congruence in our beliefs and how we are known by others, how we are recognized by others. Again, the marks we leave attest to our priorities and our beliefs or said uh, another way, the words and actions of our lives evidence what we value most, what is most in us, what we deem, consciously or not, most important. They show who we actually are. So this is an incredibly important balance for us to understand as Christians, and that's where I want to circle back to our passage today. So again, let's read Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So this passage is uh, Jesus talking. And uh, right now we find him on a hillside uh, near Capernaum, overlooking the Sea of Galilee. He's sitting um, and, and, and preaching to his disciples. And um, just kind of a fun sidebar, Um that was pretty common at the time for teachers to actually be sitting as they as they preach, as opposed to here I am, even in my own room here, um, standing and preaching. But um, anyways, these so these verses are, are part of the Sermon on the Mount uh, found in the Gospel of Matthew in chapters five through seven. Um, the Sermon on the Mount effectively gives um, kind of a brief overview um, of what life in the kingdom of God might look like for a believer who is uh, still in this world trying to navigate um, just everyday life. Um, It's actually the Sermon on the Mount is the longest and fullest uh, continued discourse of Jesus that we have in any of the gospel accounts and um, this is presented um, early in the book of Matthew so we're we're kind of coming on the heels of um, Jesus having been baptized by john and then he was led into the wilderness by the spirit of god where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights and uh of course he resisted then he comes out and he starts preaching this message of repentance because the kingdom of god is at hand and then he starts calling his disciples and so now here we are find ourselves um at the sermon of the mount and the verses that we are looking at today are immediately following the beatitudes which is the group of um, blessed are statements or blessed are, blessed are, that open the Sermon on the Mount in, in early in chapter chapter five of Matthew. And so you think, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit or blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. These statements effectively introduced the paradoxical nature and capture that that paradoxical uh, sense of the kingdom of God. And right after laying out these somewhat perplexing calls, Jesus has presented us with these salt and light metaphors. So let's look at those. So salt, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So so why salt? What, what is he talking about here? Well, salt is a, um, it's got a distinct preservative quality about it, such that when salt added to anything actually influences that to which it is applied. And not only that, but it's, it's also used as seasoning, typically as we think to make something taste better. Salt um, is a good thing in, 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 this, in, this, in this example. And so Jesus has just laid out the nature of the kingdom of God, uh, effectively now saying that believers, through this salt metaphor, are going to influence the world around them. And that they're supposed to demonstrate um, this in the world by being some, something that seasons, actually, um, the world around them, something that enhances the world around them. To this end, we further read in Colossians chapter four, to be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Which which tells us be interesting, be stimulating, invite others in, implying, you know, salt is an additive. And so then what does it mean to lose saltiness. Now, this this concept is mentioned also in the Gospels of Mark and Luke. In each case, the implication is that if salt loses the properties of influence and seasoning, it is worthless. Uh, A historical note to that end, um, in that time and and region, the majority of salt came from the Dead Sea and was processed. Um, If it wasn't processed correctly, it would have to be thrown out. And it was actually hard to throw it out, hard to dispose of, and it tasted poorly. So arguably, in one of the commentaries I read, they actually called it worse than useless. This begs the question, why, you know, why would you add salt if there is no benefit? So if we then are the salt of the earth, intended to be used by God for the good of, good of his kingdom, if we don't maintain our nature, distinctly, as people of the kingdom of God, we we are not serving our purpose. Now, on to the light. You are the light of the world. Verse 14, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven the light of the world. As a Jesus follower, you are intended to be seen. You're intended to be watched. I mean, your purpose, in fact, is to be seen. You have the light of Christ in you, and you are supposed to show it and share it with the world. Your call is never to hide in your faith, but to go out This is a very interesting use to me, too, because you think of all the times throughout Scripture that light and darkness are are actually uh, common contrasts of of kind of good and evil. Um, Even from the very beginning in Genesis one, we see that darkness was over the face of the deep. But God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. Again, that was me paraphrasing. Or we look to John one where Um, This actually references back to Genesis, but it says that Jesus, again, paraphrasing, is the light of the world, that he is the light that shines in the darkness and that the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light in you. And so our goal should be maximum illumination, maximum illumination with confidence in the light in us. And if we looked at this verse 16, The way that we actually maximize this illumination is through good works. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Now, I wanna stop and be very clear here. We are not saved by works. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone. And yet our faith is evidenced by our good deeds. Good deeds are marks of an inward commitment. So what's the implication here of, of, of this verse 16? Uh, there there will be good deeds. Again, we want to be careful not to slide into that slippery slope of doing it just for our own self-promotion. However, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God par- prepared in advance for us to do. This is us partnering with God in His work, or James tells us, "Faith without works is dead." Verse uh, in chapter two, verse fourteen. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is, is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, "Go in peace, keep warm and well fed," but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way. Faith by itself is not to be accompanied by action. If if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. To be light, there must be good deeds. We are called to serve physically the people around us to meet needs as we see them. So we pause here and say, you are purposed. You are intended to impact the world around you. But what's the what's the end goal of this impact? Verse 16. Again, we're going to we're going to memorize these verses by the end of the sermon. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. The end goal, God's glory. God gets the glory in all things that others look to him, that your good works point to him. Not, we don't want to just be different and distinct just for the sake of being different, nor do we want to be kind just for the sake of kindness, nor offer up good deeds for the sake of good deeds. But, we, but to do these things in the name of Jesus is what we are called to do. We want people to see our good deeds and in reverence for Christ, cry out with praise to God, looking to God, We are salt and light, once again, in the name of Jesus. So my admonishment this morning is leave the light on. Leave the light on. We live in a world that desperately needs the light of the gospel. And as believers, we've said it already, but we carry that light in us. When you're tired, when you're tempted, when the world um, confronts you with disagreement when you're when you're making unpopular decisions. Leave the light on. Leave the light on. Leave the light on so that you can walk as you are called to be salt and light, called to influence every sphere you walk in to see the world conform to Christ, not Christ and not you to the world. You are the distinct element of salt that that it impacts that which it is. Put upon, And there are limitless spaces in this broken world around us to, to season with grace and to shed light on dark spaces. Reverting then back to our shedding metaphor. You are marking the world around you. Are you shedding salt and light? Does what we shed, do our words and good deeds remain persistently present despite the opposition? And there's, that's inevitable. There is going to be opposition because we live in a world that resists, resists its creator and resists Jesus. Do our marks give clues to our identity in Christ? And are they consistent? And most of all, do they make Christ's presence in my world undeniable, whether subtle or loud? When people start looking, do they see? Are they confident or are are they constant evidence attesting to the love of our Heavenly Father and the good news of Jesus? Do the marks we leave reflect that we have been forgiven? Now, as we evaluate these questions together this coming week, victory is engaging collectively in what we are calling well week. This is an effort created and led by our outreach team under the direction of Rashida Tripp, who deserves an enormous shout out right now for her efforts uh, in putting this together with with the care and prayer uh, and just time that she's put in. So thank you, Rashida, on behalf of all of us um, for for your diligence in in serving. The goal of Well Week, and and also thank you to, to anyone who's already committed to volunteering and those who will serve. Uh, The goal of Well Week is to love well, serve well, and be the well, and to essentially be the salt, be salt and light to the Charlottesville community. To this end, we are asking if you want to participate, that you would consider being prayerful about identifying and meeting a need in your sphere of influence this week, that you join us in our daily prayer calls at 630 a.m., as we lift up Charlottesville and particular organizations in Charlottesville in prayer, and that you'd even consider participating in a food delivery uh, next Saturday, May 22nd, in which you can get more information on if you submit uh, a Connect card asking for info on outreach. Again, the goal of Well Week is to show our love of Christ through our actions. Now, this effort once again, it's is concentrated this week, May 17th to 23rd. And I encourage you to participate. And, and I encourage you to consider how you can implement habits that make this a lifestyle. To actually consider your mark everywhere you go, uh, everywhere you are, that you would leave the light on and allow the love of Christ to shine through your good deeds. So victory, I pray that our actions and deeds are seasoned with salt such that we actually are salt and light to the Charlottesville community, that we leave the light of Christ on such that others turn the light on. And the good news is, if that's you, if that's you and you've not yet flipped the switch, you can turn the light on right now. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, fully human and fully God, lived a perfect, sinless life, but he went to the cross and he bore the wages of sin. He actually became sin, bore the wages of sin, which is death, in our place. He was raised again to life by the power of God, defeating death, and it is through faith in him and in his atoning sacrifice that we are made right with God. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you have yet to put your faith in Christ, I encourage you to pray with me now. Heavenly Father, I want the light of Christ in me. Today, I am turning from everything that I know to be sin and turning toward you. I give you my life. Forgive me, save me, make me brand new. Fill me with your light and your spirit so that I can serve and love you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you gave your life, life to Christ today, please drop it in the chat or submit a connect card uh, because we want to walk with you as you hear like this, this shining, this shine on uh, idea is a, is a lifestyle. It's not just a one moment thing. And we want to be there for you. Uh, so please, please connect with us. And I can't see you now. I wish I could, but we all know that all the angels in heaven rejoice when even one sinner turns to repentance. So if y'all all just like celebrate where you are, clap, amens, make it loud, make it happy. Uh, let's rejoice, victory. And we're so grateful again that you are with us this morning. Uh, if we can serve you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out. We love you and hope you have a great week. Amen.